Welcome to another episode of Music Profit. On this episode, you'll hear an interview with a new metal band in Sudbury called For Mother. And they're they're pretty talented for a band that's just starting out. And it's a really interesting mix of personalities in the band. This interview is definitely something that they'll use as a time capsule. When we were recording, I did most of the, the recording process. We did it with one microphone, kind of like the old 90s black metal bands, and just made it as dirty and brutal as possible. <laughs> yeah, just dirty and gross. We just wanted to get rid of the old stuff and just release it. So we recorded it so many times, trying to make it clean, trying to make it perfect. We just decided to make it as dirty as we could. That's how it felt for us. So exactly, because that's the sound too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get all the old men who listen to the '90s, like early Burzum records, and be like, "Oh, yeah, okay, this sounds pretty similar." <laughs> yeah, because that's that's a crowd for it, especially you know, it's a nice throwback to the grunge era when nothing sounded good at all, but yet you still got into it. And yeah, saves yeah. a hell of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The is not 100% there, but I think it has more feeling that way. Yeah. That's definitely... Do you find that the feeling comes through on the audio when it's... Or, like, like actually that less feeling comes through in the audio when it's really clean and crisp? Yeah, if it's perfect with pretty much no errors, no voice cracks, no sliding of the guitar or a miss hit on the drums, it's not, uh, there's no real human element behind it. Like, even if you pay attention, there's quiet notes of us talking in the background of the album and everything because we just forgot to take it out and it just made it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's your normal, like, underground EP almost. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Was that exciting? Like, how how long have you guys been together as a band now? We've been in a band since 2017. And from there, from there, before we met Matt, it was originally like a hardcore project. Like, it was just me and the guitarist doing like, kind of like a lot of spute style, actually. And so when we met Matt, it was just kind of, let's just do something. I'm bored. I'm tired of doing this all the time. I actually want to be able to play one instrument at a time, not focus on one thing and then switch the other thing. It was almost impossible to jam. We met Matt, first heard him. We kind of just, we made suicide right away and that kind of clicked all of us together. Ever since then, it's just been like the idea of going back. It's not, not happening and we're just trying to focus on, everyone's got like different styles. Like when Matt first came in, he wanted to do uh, industrial metal. Tyler wanted to do black metal. I wanted to do tech desk. All a lot different. So we all just kind of went with the flow, and that's kind of what happened with this EP. We kind of try to stray away from the hardcore stuff, but at the same time, try to find our own style. And after going through this, it's going to be coming. We'll be right what we're looking for. Yeah, more and more of the kind of sound we're trying to achieve. Just takes time to find the sound that we actually are looking for. I feel like when we started, we didn't even know exactly what we were looking for, but we found now what our skills are and what we want to progress towards. And it's all sounding really good together. We've all come a long way. 
is that a challenge for you as a metal musician? Because it's because I feel like even just from the casual listening I've had, but also most live experiences, you can tell that bands struggle tapping into what they actually want to sound like without being an imposter. Yeah, it's it's so easy. Like even a couple of our like in my parts, for example, I've taken like inspiration from Tool and stuff like that which is not really our genre, but it's so close sounding, just covered with heavy distortion. It's hard to stray away from what people have already done and not sound cheesy at the same time. Everything's been done. You just gotta put your own twist on it. So then as, I mean, like for you, and especially for like the, when it comes to drum and bass slash lead guitar, is that something that, like, are you intentionally trying to make weird riffs, find odd pedal distortions that you can use? Well, uh, for drumming, I only, that's the only thing I do with drumming. Uh, it's really, I find it the only thing that's, like, struggling for me. Like, I don't really particularly, like, Tyler follows, like, you know, copies of, well, not copies, but, like, finds inspiration through Tool, even Jack White. I'm still looking for that, to be honest with you. So... Whenever, anytime somebody asks me about, like, how, how do you drum? Like, how do you write music? Honestly, I fucking know. It just comes to you. It just, I just kind of go, I just kind of listen to what Tyler's playing. And from there, I just kind of make what I can. I think that sounds good. And what everyone else can agree to. But as far as, like, basing myself off somebody else, like, where I've got my talent from, I have no <coughs> clue. I just started off. I literally just bought a drum kit and started playing the basement years and years ago. Which is also like, that is, that's something a lot of people don't realize though, right? You know, like a lot of, especially like your average music listener just assumes that you learn technically or like you learn from other people, but sometimes like, that's the case. Yeah, we all love what we're doing, but we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make it more fun, though? Yes, actually, it does. Absolutely, it's, it's, like you never know what's coming. That's the best part. Is I like we work full time jobs, so like you don't see very much time. You feel like you're not putting enough time into it. Nothing's happening, but then when those little things start to happen, it's like it's just way more worth it. And it makes you more excited, and it makes you more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes you more uh, uh, appreciative of what's happening around you. So it makes you just strive harder for more and more and more and keep going harder and harder and harder. How's that for you, Matt? Because you've done a lot of side projects over the years. Side projects? Well, bands, anyway. Like, you've been in the scene for a bit, right? So yeah, are you still I've, not sure I've, you're doing? I've never been in a band myself, but I have been around. I was, I was around a lot in the hardcore scene that used to be here. <clears throat> Like the Jubilee and the Alder Hall days. That's when I was too young to go to any bars and stuff like that. But I got a lot of inspiration back then. And back then I knew I wanted to do something, but that wasn't it for me. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to do. And it took me a while to find what it was I wanted to do. And I'd been practicing screaming for a long time. But finding this band, it just kind of clicked. Like it was the right s- segue for me to get the style I wanted to get out. Because out. I have a very unique style of vocals that I do. And it just fits really well with the way these guys play. I think it'd be we should talk about screaming itself, which is oh boy. for anyone that's 
not familiar with metal itself, that is, it's not quite singing, but at the same, it's just, it's its own vocal tech talent on its own, I think. Yeah, for sure. But it's such a big part of metal. So, uh, can you talk about that, Matt? Like what, like what, where you started when you wanted to do it and what made you actually really want to focus on that and not just singing? Uh, yeah. So when I was in like high school, I would listen to heavier music, some stuff like that, more or less like Lamb of God and Slipknot, like stuff like that. That's kind of what I wanted my vocals to sound like at first. I just like to scream along to that sort of stuff. And that did not sound good. I did not know what I was doing back then, but it got me like kick started anyway. Um, I tried to learn like instruments when I was younger, but I never had the commitment to like follow through and practice a lot. But one thing I noticed I always practiced was my vocals. If I was ever home alone or I was ever driving or whatever, I'd always be screaming, always doing something. I, I used to practice clean vocals too, but it's screaming was always more fun. <laughs> it's always something I really enjoyed to do. And uh, yeah, I just, I've been doing it for a long time. Not a long time well just a long time but it's practice right like it, it takes a while to get hard good at it yeah people that say it doesn't take skill or it doesn't take practice you're wrong 100 i've still got a long way to go to like perfect my voice the way i would like it to be perfected make sure i don't hurt myself in the next few years so can you take us like can you talk about the technical side of it because sure you can if you're starting it you can scream and you can make that sound but there's a lot that goes into it to make it so you're saving your voice and that you're not just tearing apart your lungs and throat. Yeah, you have to gauge like whether it's coming through your throat or through your diaphragm. And, you know, even I, I don't I don't have a lot of power with a lot of stuff I do because I don't get it quite as deep as I need to get it. That's where it comes with practice, right? Like I'm eventually going to have more power, more push. But you, once you feel it too much in your throat, or if your throat hurts five minutes after screaming, you're doing something wrong. Um, I do a technique where I get really high and I turn my voice into like an echo, like howl thing. And don't ask me how I do it. I don't know how I do it. I just hope it doesn't hurt my voice because it sounds really cool and recorded and live. But that's kind of my thing that I do, and I don't hear any other vocalists and stuff doing it, so I just enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I usually use like a higher register. That's what I sound good in, and that's what the style sounds good in. And lately, my vocals have been getting dirtier and darker than this stuff that we have recorded here. And playing live, it's totally unpredictable what kind of show you're going to get. Like, if I'm really pushing it, it might, I might find something new in myself, and I can take note of that and perfect it as time goes on. It's just a constant, uh, constantly getting better at what you do. And is that something that you... Like, do you try to control yourself when you're on stage? I mean, this could apply to the whole everyone else in the studio too, but the difference between live and recorded is such, it's massive. Yeah. 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 Uh, live, there's pretty much no control. I've broken probably about six or seven guitars already and ended up tearing a muscle in my forearm because I was playing incorrectly. And it's just like, Recording, I just sit in the chair. It's nothing. It's really easy to do. But live, we've we've gone on stage and not even know what we were going to play, and just completely played an entirely new song that became actually one of the songs that needed to be. But live compared to recording, sitting down and relaxing. Live, tearing everything apart, including your instrument. 
Yeah, I can talk about some things you can. Um, one of the craziest things I think for me for live and recording, so I can appreciate. I'm not gonna have a guitar coming hitting me in ten seconds for every breakdown. <laughs> That's just something you only see live. Is every breakdown, you probably see Tyler come over, smash his guitar on my set. I appreciate that in the studio that I can look around and be like, okay, I'm safe. <laughs> I'm not gonna have a simple fall into me. I can actually focus and count. Live is not safe. <laughs> Nothing we do on stage is safe. But it's only it's only unsafe to you on stage though, yeah. which is different. Well, yeah. If, if somebody from the audience decided to crawl their little butts on the stage and try and get involved in what we're doing, they're gonna lose an eye or like, break an arm or something stupid. Like we know what we're doing, but don't come up on the stage, please. <laughs> yeah. So as a drummer, then, because you're in the back, you're watching the lead guitar and the vocal just do their thing, right? So how is that when you're watching the show? Like, do you get stoked? Do you just start, do you get the feeling that you just want to jump up and prick things too? Uh, yeah, honestly, I do feel like I want to get up and just break things. But in the same sense, that just motivates me. I just hit my drum kit harder. Like, last show we played, I actually ended up breaking... My uh, crash, that was the first time. It was brand new. It's already broken in half. And just whenever Tyler comes over or, say, Mac comes over, they're hitting my stuff. Yeah, it makes me want to get up and do the same thing. But it just motivates me to play harder and harder and harder. Once in a while, I'll do odd things. Like, if I get the chance, I'll throw a stick out with Matt and Tyler just to mess with them if I can and then grab another one. I've done that before. But as a drummer, it kind of does being, like, it does suck being in the back sometimes. But it is what it is. I'm still happy where I am and doing what I'm doing. And it's important too. As the drums, I've especially in metal and especially in the death metal, black metal area, drums are such a massive part. You can't get over the feeling of that bass, the power that you have behind that kick drum. It's you're you're basically a god on your throat, <laughs> just blasting sounds like three. <laughs> yeah, we me and Tyler have tried jamming in the basement before, just the two of us. And we get like five seconds into a song and we're like, this is just not working. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right at all. Nobody's on time. Nobody's yeah. on time. Nobody's on <laughs> time. It's all over the place. How is that for when it comes to writing the music then? Because you can write it on your own, lyrically, right? But then with like with that and how important the drums are. Well, that really just comes down to me and Tyler just finally having time to go hide in the basement, literally locked doors everybody get the hell out dim lights on don't even don't even really talk to each other literally both sitting down there you're either you have a beer in your hand or something and you just keep playing down there until you feel something or hear something that has such a good flow to it and once you find that certain sound you start from we'll usually pick that sound and we'll keep adding to it and see if we can follow through with it but most most of our song creations is just me and tyler sitting in our basement nobody bothering us and just purely just starting off with one simple one two three four beat progressing from there until we can find something in a whole set we'll play for a whole hour straight until we can find something that sounds and feels right yeah and i mean when it comes to guitar i mean you've like you love guitars right yeah <laughs> uh, so it's like is that is that our pedals a thing that 
when you're in the basement doing this, you're able to just experiment completely? Yeah, for the, the pebbles, I used to bring them out on stage, but I, I've fallen over them too much, so now they're strictly just for, like, when we're in the basement trying to write music and, like, messing around with flanders and choruses and all that and playing all the weird, like, soundscapes and stuff like that. This is a lot of fun, but unfortunately for us, it just never makes it in, and I have so many because I have a problem with buying things. Most <laughs> guitars, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I know, so let's talk about it then. Because I think that's like, what when it comes to guitars and sounds, what are you looking for? Um, it's kind of hard, hard to say exactly what I'm looking for, but initially I wanted a PV6505, ended up with a Hughes and Kettner and kind of fell in love with it because uh, uh, a friend of a band that we used to have had the amp. And mine broke on stage once, he let me play it. So I got that, and now I'm just stuck on that sound. So I'm looking for more of a, kind of an old school martial tone with a lot of fuzz and distortion. And it seems to work pretty well for what we're doing. And the only other difference now is I've added like chorus, slightly more soundscapes, but not very much else than vintage martial with a fuzz <laughs> it kind of sounds like as a band you're trying to not quite bring back but you're trying to really harness that 90s 2000s like hardcore scene yeah there's something that feels good about doing it raw that you know you don't want it you don't want it to be too, you don't want it to be too raw that it's uh it's impossible to listen to yeah <laughs> uh, it's not about doing it raw it's like it's it's <laughs> Um, you know, you could do it wrong, you do it right. But when it comes to when we play live, there's just something about like we put on our course paint. You know, I, I'm very expressive. I like to live, do it the way it makes me feel. Like if I feel disgusted, I'm going to smear it before I get on stage, stuff like that. And when I play on stage personally, if I feel disgusted and I don't want it to sound more disgusting, I'll do just different gross things with my voice and just make it really raw and just really real and feel the emotion that it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. But bringing back like the old school, low budget, like yeah. broken yeah. instrument, like, but I guess you can call it an aesthetic is kind of what we're going for. Cause yeah. like initially, yeah, we want to be one of the basically true black metal bands. <laughs> but what is true black metal? Oh no. Oh, that's all you uh, uh, it's because you can make that statement, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you have to you have to define it. Yeah, piss a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a touchy subject, but basically, if you look at the old um, mayhem and dark throne stuff like that, just guitars that sound like they're in a tunnel, recorded with one microphone, and usually talking about Satan or some kind of anti. Anti-lifestyle is more of the true black metal with the paint and the spikes and the theatrics that basically just people normally either wouldn't see or don't see at a generic metal show. So what artists inspire you at this point then? Like uh, within that genre even? Yeah, I feel like we all have a few different artists that inspire us personally. Um, I'm inspired a lot vocally by an artist 
they used to be more black metal. Now they're, you know, there's industrial. industrial dark. Yeah. So, uh, Cradle of Filth, um, Danny Filth, his vocals were a huge inspiration on what I do. Um, and then I'm, in, I'm inspired also by like industrial metal, like electronic dark metal and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like we all got a little bit of different inspiration. When I joined the band, I didn't even know what black metal was. And then he opened the world of dark and decayed. And I never turned back. What about you? For an inspiration, I would say for our sound, it's like, or just in sound general, it would probably be, uh, I'm saying the damn name right, Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Bethlehem, thank you. <laughs> I, I have there's so many, so many of them like that. But yeah, that's been my, that's been my favorite so far. That's what I've been drawing to. I, I don't know what it is, but that sound, that feeling you get behind it, that's what I want to draw towards too. And I just, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. <laughs> I definitely have to say that's been one of my biggest inspirations since you showed me that that one. Exactly. And uh, I guess for me, um, actually, thanks to Mark at the Asylum, I, I noticed it kind of accidentally. Uh, there's a band called Blunt, uh, Blunt Aus Nord. It's a Norwegian black metal band. Apparently, the guitar tone and most of the riffs that I go for is identical to it. I don't hear it, but I enjoy the compliment. <laughs> Actually, I could say something that could probably stand for all three of us. Is that we are all also kind of very inspired by uh, Woven Ancestry. Yeah. The uh, Sudbury Black Metal Band. Mm-hmm. That's all been a big inspiration and impact on us. Yeah, they were huge for a while locally. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, I think that's, that'd be interesting too. Like, are there, to jump into the local bands that you either, you guys enjoy listening to just because it's, Fun, like what are besides Wolven Ancestry and uh, Before the Black Gates? Are there a couple other bands that you just are huge fans of locally? Therapist, yeah, the therapists are a fun time, yeah, they're a good show live. Yeah, I've uh, I've been hanging out with, lately with my uh, I got a couple of buddies in uh, Ragnarok actually, they they do like cover stuff and they have not played a lot of shows, but. It's it's built up of like the drummer from Drug Wolf and uh, it used to be in Desolate State, a couple of them. Um, but they're all really talented musicians and they, they put a powerful twist on like the covers and it's like you don't hear them done that way. I find them really interesting. And that and like they don't get enough appreciation but Nickel, Nickel City Show Band, every time we go there it's like Oh, yeah. It's just so good, like Johnny Be Good and everything like that. They they put on such good covers. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's all very good classic rock music that everybody can enjoy. And it's just just an all out good time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. not everybody's a fan of a cover band, but if you are going to see a cover band, go to, go to that. Yeah, one. yeah know, know the good ones. Right? <laughs> go check those out. You know, there's never enough people. You know, if we ever do go check out Nickel City Show Band at the Asylum, it is always an empty house. But it would be, you know, good to see some people there. So they have well, a I would time. say it's always an empty house, but there's not many people sometimes. It's like that for us, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that with every band, though, realistically, right? Yeah. Um, what if we, uh, speaking of that, let's play another, what if we play another track? That'd be cool. So uh, which one do you guys want to? Oh, man. 
Which one reaches out to you, Matt? Yeah. Which one are you really feeling today? Oh, it's too fake. Yeah. 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 We gotta find it on the, the chart there. Nothing's timestamps because we're. Uh... So like actually, I guess we could all uh, with that. What if we just did rage inside? Let's just do that. Yeah. Because then it'll play right away. Yeah. Good call. So we're gonna play rage inside uh, by Four Mother, and we'll be back in a few minutes to kind of wrap things up. Where's the audio? <laughs> oh shit. All right, well, we'll skip ahead. <laughs> Fake should come up. No audio's coming out of it. Fuck. All right. Well, we're gonna have to go back and we're just gonna play your uh, live. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do your. Um. We'll do suicide song. Oh, the original. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be horrendous, but. Yeah. Um. For some reason, the the YouTube video isn't playing. Oh. You had the wrong thing out. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of you right now, man. I know, I lost my voice and I, Yeah. Yeah, your voice sounds like shit. <laughs> It's always when I have to talk or do something that I end up talking about my voice. This is like, what, a minute and a half or something? Yeah, it's like two minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it could be worse than this recording. Yeah, like when you itself. play it live, it's like 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's backing vocals in this song. Oh, that's my backing vocals. <laughs> I don't even care, man. I'm for it. I haven't listened to the original in so long. I don't know, we recorded this like a year ago. Maybe. Because it's coming through okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So it's just too, maybe it's just too much for the speaker. That's hilarious. <laughs> Alright, cool. We'll be back uh, for like 10 minutes and then we'll play a song to go out.
And that was, uh, we changed it up. So that was Suicide Song by For Mother. And you're listening to uh, The Music Prophet on CKLU 96.7 FM. Uh, I was, I think we should talk about, uh, when I cut like the messaging behind music, which would be interesting. Because the, the perception of metal is that it's all about Satan and everything that's dark, right? But yet I feel like that's just what it's perceived and there's a lot more behind it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's definitely, especially when it comes to black metal, it's perceived that everything we're going to sing about is Satan and stuff like that. And surely we mentioned Satan and stuff and dark stuff like that in our songs. Um, we call the song literally Nickel City Satan because he was like, Yo, write a dark black metal song, so like we'll call it Nickel City Satan just as a joke because it's you know, don't take it overly too seriously. You know, I like to write music vocally wise, something that's gonna like affect me in a way, like something that I, I want to send a message across. If I started screaming about Satan and stuff like that, I feel like it just doesn't hit me hard enough. It's, you know, it's dark and stuff, but it's not my darkness or relatable darkness that we can spread across that people can actually relate to you know like to write about situations in my life that can relate to other people and get the real emotion out and then feel that through my lyrics so yeah. it's not all evil then it's evil in a different sense of the word i'm not gonna make a comment actually <laughs> but it's and no, like it's it's true though right there's you can sing. You can sing about Satan, but that doesn't mean that you're that it's all about it. It's just sort of one element of yeah. the genre, almost. Yeah. If I were to if I were to write a song with more Satan aspects, I would look for what Satan means to me in in the specifics of that song. I would use it almost more as a metaphor or something along those lines. But just to just to scream about just Satan itself, it's you know I I you know maybe I just haven't found my proper inspiration in that aspect yet. But right now, it's not something I do a lot of. It's all been done that way many times, anyway. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I try and as much as we we love trying to get back to the old school black metal sound, I like the idea that we've always, without even trying, really just had something different about us. And uh, I'd like to keep it that way to give us like some sort of a different edge, just do things slightly a different way, stand out a bit and make, make our live show and our music we make as a whole something interesting for people to come see over and over again, listen to over and over again and relate to on a personal level. Is that the, is that something that like, is, does that push you harder then knowing that everything's been done? So you need to make something so unique that it does stand out? It's kind of impossible for, well, black metal anyway, because like we play three or four power chords, trem picking and blast beats. It's uh, it's all been done, but we try to add a different element, whether or not it's something that's completely separate from the genre, like a breakdown or something like that. But it doesn't, it's hard to say if it motivates us more. It's more of just, we need to try and be different. So, yeah. Is you just you realize at some point that if you're not different, you're just gonna waste away like every other band who hasn't made it anywhere. You're just gonna fall to the wayside 
you have to stand out in some sense of the word. Yeah, that's true, right? Because there's a lot of people that can do what you do if they put enough time into it. And so it's almost a responsibility that to yourself, I feel like. Yeah, we've worked to where we thought to. But no, we're not that far by any means. But, you know, we work for where we're at. We just got to hold our position and then keep on moving up the ladder. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like, too, um, uh, when it comes to, like, when it comes to you actually going in the studio to write and and just playing your performances even, do you have... Do you ever have the problem of thinking, oh, I've seen this been done before, but we should do it again? We had that problem problem in the past. Um, I don't want to explain it exactly. Uh, the only term I can think about right now is uh, not just being, like, trying not to be somebody, like, to sound like another band. It's also trying not to sound too repetitive at the same time. We've written, we've written songs for like, we took two days to write one song, but as soon as we write one right after it, it sounds pretty damn close, sorry, pretty close to the same thing, just with very slight little changes. Mm-hmm. So even with the distortion pedals, you know, the old modern, the old sound of the one mic, everything, those little things, just something to trigger people during this time. Like people that know the research now and listen to black metal and all that stuff, are going to know right away, like, oh, they're trying to be like this. But we got to remember also, like, it's a, it's been many, 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 many years since then. This is now a completely different generation. So, and I feel like as long as you can just stay within, uh, I don't know what you're trying to say, but uh, as long as you can stay, find your way, stay different, but with a smooth course, it should be fine. You should be able to do what you want to do as long as you push for it. Yeah, that's um. I think it's a good way to wrap it up too. That's a ends in a high note yeah. or low note, however you want to <laughs> look at it. <laughs> uh, so tell us where about the album, or so just tell us where they everyone everyone can find the album, um, where they can find you online, and yeah. All right, so um, we are on Facebook and just under Four Mother. Instagram is Four Mother Official. And uh, we're going to be on Spotify, uh, Google Play, um, everything but Apple Music, basically, on October 16th, the EP will be there. Um, Other than that, we have a show uh, October 11th in the Asylum. So thanks for coming on, guys. That was sweet. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We'll see you next time.